Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Wafflers where we aim to make social justice digestible for you. I'm your host Beatrice. I am joined here by the lovely Ellie and another of our guest stars which you may remember from episode 8, Toxic Teen Romances. Uh, We have Deborah, and today we're going to be talking about like Gen Z romances and that sort of thing. We're going to be talking about trends in TikTok and we're going to be discussing that spectrum of romance and we should note that when we say romance we mean romantic love. There's different types of love obviously. Self-love, platonic love, familial love and all of them are equally important but with the media always covering romantic love, we decided it would be interesting to cover it today. And so I guess we can open it up at this point and talk. What's your experience on romantic love, my fellow Gen Zers? What's your, I guess, associations with it? What are common tropes or trends that you see highlighted in today's media when it comes to this idea of love or young love or just love in general Mm. well i have no personal experience with romantic love so um i vicariously live through the media and my friends (laughs) um but i mean i feel like especially in the media romantic love is so idealized these days well especially with like how technology has advanced it's kind of all you see and it you know there are some people who say all songs have something to do with love you know it's kind of hard to not write about love or um uh, like and which i mean again i have no experience with all this and um it's literally just what i see when i'm scrolling on instagram which i do see a lot of the time and even like my favorite books that i read they mostly have to do with romantic love it's just kind of like illustrated everywhere um regardless of whether you are big on social media or not and it's always like big on like those like news like media sources like uh what's it called Oh no, I forgot the name. Uh, yeah. So, oh no. Seen a lot of it, don't really know about it. Deborah. I think for me, <laughs> I think I agree with Ellie that it's so like portrayed in the media, especially like this idea of like being a perfect couple and like, you know, it, everything kind of seems perfect but I think there is such a big contrast between um, like what you see on the media and then like what you actually get I guess or for me especially like with my friends I guess what I see with them in terms of their you know romantic life it's very different to what I see on the media so I just think like I also don't think I have a lot of personal experience with romantic love but I just think it's very interesting that there's such a big contrast between what you see online and um, yeah. what you might experience with your friends 
definitely i so see what you mean not only in media or tv shows or books or in fiction but in reality as well with social media and like celebrity couples are not you know publicized to look like real couples and i think anyone listening should address that thank you guys for sharing and we'll segue into our first topic which i did aptly name we don't talk about bruno but actually what i mean about bruno is this um i guess this male perspective on relationships and i think it's interesting coming from three women um about talking about this it would obviously be better if we could hear from a man himself but they're not they're not on hand right now sorry guys um it's actually inspired by uh son olivia's video on youtube on gen z romances as well and how uh there are some aspects that and trends that are disproportionately focusing on men like if he wanted to do this then he would do this and red flags often talk about men and men are often depicted on social media as doing cute things or not doing cute things and it's definitely as men who are seen as the active givers of romance i shall say and we tend to take a more heteronormative stance on it and you know as women it's obviously nice to be loved but what do you think about that the idea that men are i guess pressured in a different way than women in terms of they have to be this alpha male who provides for the woman because i actually saw a survey that showed um in 2017 that 71% of men feel more pressure to be in a relationship so 71 feel pressure compared to about 50 50 for women so i think that's so interesting and so telling of this phenomenon well i mean like like you said like i can't really speak personally cuz i lived through the experience of a woman and um I've never kind of considered how men feel pressured to be in a relationship and to perhaps like kind of portray the ideals of a relationship. You know, you always I do constantly see like red flags to avoid in a relationship um and they always revolve around men. They, you know, they use like pronouns that refer they don't they prefer to like he if he does this, if he does that. Um which I mean it's always a important to kind of be aware of like this kind of alpha male perhaps more toxic sides of um masculinity that can be harmful but um like i especially seeing in like everyday life like there are people that i know who are constantly talking about kind of this alpha male culture that they've witnessed um in like social groups and throughout kind of school and how um it's actually kind of strange because i'd say it's less so to be in a relationship and more so to kind of be um a mess like kind of more free and able to hook up and be with who you want whenever and um but that might just be like culture from those places or Uh, but there's definitely this like alpha male culture of being 
in real having a relation with someone whether it be a long-term relationship or just like a, a more open relationship that doesn't really have bound not boundaries but kind of um you know it's not it's know, not defined it's a situation yeah, not defined situation exactly um so i do see that that kind of is more evolved around men you know it's like traditionally men are the ones who ask women out and who pay for the meal and who are supposed to do all the loving kind of give the love and we kind of receive it and we're like you know we're the women who receive the love and we feel so loved um but <laughs> and you, you just i mean that's just kind of how it always has kind of been traditionally particularly in the culture i've grown up in i mean put your hand on my shoulder you know like all those love songs that you have seen throughout kind of the past 60 years or whatever um yeah and i think that i think it's interesting that that pressure is particularly put on men but then also i feel that there's this sense that we push romanticism onto everybody and you know there are aromantics asexuals out there um and i was i have bought a book that i can't wait to read it's called loveless by alice alice osman and it's kind of about this girl in university who's trying to figure out why she doesn't have romantic attraction towards anyone um and how she comes to discover this kind of like a romanticism asexuality which you don't see enough of because this kind of idea of being in a relationship is so heavily pushed onto everyone really um yeah definitely um i also have loveless on my tvr uh deborah what do you think about this notion i guess or this phenomenon I think I definitely agree with Ellie in terms of how like there's such a high like kind of expectation for men to be more of like the alpha male and to you know be the one to give women gifts and kind of like ask the girl out and make the first move I guess but I think it's like because it's so like it's such a big expectation I think it's so interesting when you um I guess just like when you when you like as a woman you kind of do that for a guy and they react in a way that's just like they're just so like surprised I guess I think it just shows how like normalized it is to expect like men to be the ones to you know be the ones to give gifts or like compliment a woman and stuff I think even in terms of like platonic relationships like for me sometimes like it it could be something as small as just kind of complimenting a friend who might be a guy and they kind of react in a way where they're just like surprised that they even got a compliment <laughs> and i just think it's like it's just so i think it's a bit sad maybe to kind of um see that happen when you when i think guys just kind of um think that they have such a like big expectation to live up to in terms of what it means to, you know, be a boyfriend or um be a guy and having to be the one to always make the first move and um 
buy gifts for women and treat them a certain way that um and as well as like with pressure from their friend groups and um people they're surrounded by just like to have them being so consumed by that that they don't even kind of like take a minute to um like understand what it feels like when they receive that back i think it's just kind of like sad to see that happen but i think because of like the media as well like what you see in movies and tv shows and books it just you just always see that like everywhere so i think it's kind of hard to break away from that like stigma or that expectation definitely it is sad and i remember a tweet that was going around and i'm pretty sure i sent it to our girlies group chat but it was like the first flowers that men typically receive are at their funerals and i think that that's so telling of how we see love and how we see expressions of just love in general it doesn't even have to be as deborah said romantic and i think irrespective of gender identity to conclude this section um and even though we are women you know we have to focus no matter who we are on like yes how you want to be loved is important in discussing you know abusive or toxic relationships as we discussed in the past but we do not always focus on how you know we love others and how we give back to other people i think it's so easy to list all of the things that you want in a partner everyone's done it before oh, they have to have you know green eyes or you know they have to have like jet black hair but we should focus on as well what kind of person do i want to be in that relationship and what do i want to be giving to that other person and so you know that is on i guess this whole segment on like the male perspective next time i swear we'll have an actual man to tell us but um on that note our next segment today is going to be on red flags versus romanticization which is to say we're going to be talking about the dangers of hookup culture and then the dangers of soulmate culture does anyone particularly want to begin with either one of those sections well why don't we start off what do you think beatrice give us your take wow well i'm not a active participant in hookup or soulmate culture i would think i think a healthy mix of both is important i think the benefits of hookup culture just before we get all pessimistic and nihilistic is you get to explore your sexuality in many cases for people who haven't explored it before you get to learn new things about yourself you get to meet people um and have fun i think we're not saying you shouldn't go out there and have fun if you're safe and you're protecting yourself emotionally and physically but i think the dangers with that comes with that is as ellie said it's just this idea of constantly having to be linked to somebody and having that and we're not saying all meaningful relationships have to be long term but there's an argument to be made about the intimacy and how surface level these relationships might be if they only last a few weeks how deep and meaningful can they get there's a security and a safety that comes with knowing someone for a long time and that's the biggest pro of soulmate culture right you have to date your best friend 
and then everything will be all right. But again, it comes back to the idea that is love active or passive? Is it something that you just feel and you just know, or is it something that you work towards? I would lean towards the latter. I think it is not something you feel every day, and you're not always like, oh my god, butterflies in my stomach. I don't think that that's what it is. I think it is something you work towards, and there are some belly in flopping and some, you know, heart palpitations, but I don't think it's as big of a life-changing moment as it is of course the experience can be incredibly formative but it's not the only life-changing experience out there so that's my take on the dangers of both hookup culture and soulmate culture I definitely I definitely agree with like your arguments for both sides of like each culture and um I mean I also don't actively participate in either but just very going good. off of like yeah uh, just going off of like what i personally think i th- i think that soulmate culture has become like in the media very toxic um this idea that you have one soulmate out there who you spend the rest of your life with and yes they're typically your best friend and da, 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 da. and growing up that's kind of like the view i had because my parents did go to school together and they were best friends and then they became you know significant others and that's kind of like this idealism that i grew up with and i was like oh my gosh i'm almost graduating like i was like oh my god i'm gonna graduate in five years i need to find like i need to find someone but um and that's always kind of been like an insecurity of mine like the fact that i don't really date um but and that's why yeah i think it's actually quite toxic book i i kind of find this idea of like soulmates really cute um but the idea that you have multiple soulmates and like how you respect one another and um just have this a bond further than kind of romantic or sexual attraction um not to say that i'm against hookup culture again like as a queer person i can see the huge benefits in being able to openly explore your sexuality and explore your sexual attraction particularly i mean um there's such a huge difference between romantic attraction and sexual attraction it's kind of insane and um I guess I lean more towards soulmate culture because just because of my insecurities and this idea of being very kind of like emotionally bonded with someone and feeling comfortable opening up with them and all that. But um, I think that, you know, the idea that I remember I was watching this comedian, he was like, you, there are 7.6 billion people in the world and you think you met your soulmate eight miles from where you were born like which is so true but we we kind of fantasize it almost and particularly in like um like movies and tv shows but at the end of the day i would like to eventually have become a participant of both cultures um yes i actually going into this i thought i was going to criticize hookup culture and i actually ended up criticizing soulmate culture more so um uh, yeah <laughs> you were all about broadening our perspectives here on the Indeed. podcast Deborah, what do you yeah. think? 
Um, well, I'm also not an active participant in either. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I think I agree with a lot of the things both of you guys said, especially how um, I do think that soulmate culture is becoming quite toxic. And like, I just think, I don't know, like, I just don't think I believe in soulmates I guess like I it's or or the like the idea that there's only one person out there for you like there's just I completely agree with the point that there's you know so many people in the world and you know there's so many connections that you can make from you know just being in one place like there's just I think there's so many opportunities for you to find someone that you know you're gonna have a really strong connection with and it doesn't have to be one person so I don't know I think in terms of um hookup culture though I, I guess there's also like a lot of consequences that you have to face when you're you know getting into it <laughs> Sorry, okay, I don't know why I'm laughing, but <laughs> I think it's like humor is appreciated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think maybe um, sometimes people don't really like, they're not too sure about it before they get into it. So maybe it might end up with like a lot of pain, I guess, for one person more than the other, maybe, because. You know, you have to, I think, you have to set, like, certain boundaries and you have to mm -hmm. um, make sure that you, you know, don't, like, get attached or allow yourself to be too, like, emotionally open to someone else who might not want the same thing. So I think hookup culture can have a lot of, kind of, dangers to you yeah. as an individual, but um, I think it... Like, I definitely agree that it does kind of let you explore, like, your sexuality and who you are, like, what kind of things you're interested in. And I guess that would be nice to um, explore with, like, different people, maybe. But um, I'm not sure. I think, I think maybe you can have more than one soulmate. But I agree. Yes. Like more than one soulmate, I think that is a possibility, but I just really don't like the idea that um, people kind of just search for like the one, you know, like they're always just looking for this one person that's just like made for them. Like, I just don't think yeah. that exists. <laughs> Definitely. I also don't think it exists. Um, I think just to close off on what you guys were saying um ultimately there are flaws with either model of thinking and either way of living everything in moderation is good for you as long as you know you're not only protecting your physical well-being but your emotional well-being as well as deborah said um communication is so important and everyone says that it is but nobody actually follows it in practice let's be honest listeners nobody follows it so um we just want to caveat or at least i will caveat because 
you know, it's almost time to go. Um, the things we've talked about are obviously heteronormative men and women relationships mostly, but I ha- did bring some queer recommendations for some healthy queer relationships. Ellie's about to scream, so I will say Heartstopper and Loveless are examples of queer um, works that you should totally read. I binge them, Ellie binge them, and if I let her talk, she will talk for an hour about them. Yeah. <laughs> and then in terms of like real life couples that are not technically celebrities, they're YouTubers, Jesse and Claudia and Shaba and Jamie are some really good YouTubers that are you know all about the queer experience and healthy loving queer relationship because there's not enough of that and there's a lot of just sad one of them has to die for character development purposes and that's no good also also if you do have netflix i highly suggest watching um it's called the boys in the band it started off as a play and then um it went on to broadway a few years ago and is now uh, a movie and it's it looks at kind of like this idea of hookup culture and soulmates um, in the gay community back in like, I think it was the 70s. So um, it's really interesting. I suggest you watch it. All right. I think that's all we have time for today. Uh, there are some other topics on our agenda that we didn't get to, which is so sad. But that's usually what happens when we waffle on for too long. So I've been Beatrice. Um, I've been joined with Ellie and Deborah. This is the seventh episode in the second season of The Wafflers. Thank you for joining us. Bye. 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 <laughs>